0: friends, this is Shweta. Welcome back to the 12th episode of our podcast, The Famous Five written by Enid Blyton. Chapter 12 Out on the Hills Timmy didn't find skying any fun at all because not being fitted with skies, he couldn't keep up with the others when they tore down the hill at top speed. At first, he plunked after them, But when he jumped into the great soft heap of the snow, and buried himself completely, he decided that this kind of winter sport was not for him. He chambered out of the snow heap, shook the snow off his coat, and stared for only after the shouting children. They had skied before, and were quite good at it. The hill down which they went was very long, and had a fine slope. It ran smoothly into upward the slope of the next hill on which all tower house has been built. Julian did a marvelous run down and went, swinging on up to the opposite hill, he called to the others. I say, what about going up to the top of the hill? Because we were already a part of the way up and skying down, and partly up our own slope again. It would have saved time and gave us a jolly good second, Skyron. All but Annie thought this was very good idea. She said nothing and Dick looked at her. She is scared of going up to the old tower's hill, he said. Are you afraid of a big, big dog, Annie? Who lies under it and growls at night? Or the lank hired witches that sit on the hill and make their smoky spells? don't be silly said annie cross with dick for reading her thoughts she didn't believe in either dogs or witches but somehow she did not like that hill i'm coming to of course she toiled up to the opposite hill with the others quite ready to enjoy the lovely run and to end halfway up their own hill look you can see all towers quite clearly now said george to julian She was right. There not far off was a great old house set with towers built coarsely into the side to the steep hill. They stood still and looked at it. We can even see down into a few, two of the rooms, said Julian. I wonder if the old lady is still there, Mrs. Thomas, the one at the Ailey's mother used to go and work for. Poor little thing. I'm sorry for her if she is, said George seeing nobody keeping out all her friends i wish we could go and inquire at the house for something pretend we have lost our way and snoop around a bit but there's a fierce dog oh yes we don't want any more fights said julian now we are almost at the top we will wait for the others and then we have a race what a wonderful slope julian look is that someone at one of the tower's window The one to the right, said George suddenly, and they stood waiting, looking down at the big old house, some way off below them. Julian looked over the tower at once, just in time to see someone disappear. Yes, it was someone, he said. Someone is staring at us. I think, I expect no one ever comes near the hill, and it must have been a surprise to look out and see us. Did you make out of it was a man or a woman?" "'A woman, I think,' said George. "'Could it have been old Mrs. Thomas, do you think?' "'Oh, Jew, you don't suppose she's being kept in prison in the tower, do you?' While her horrid son and his friends gradually steal everything. "'You know, we heard, the the vans went up to their house in the middle of the night.' "'Hello, you too.' Hello, you two, said Dick, laboring up with Annie. What a climb. Still, the run-down be worth it. I simply must have a rest first. Though, Dick, George and I thought we saw someone at the tower's window there. The one on the right, said Julian. We will get back with our field glasses and train them to the window. We must, might possibly see some signs of someone there dick and annie stared hard over the tower window as they looked someone drew the curtain swiftly across there we have been seen and we are not going to be encouraged to look at the old place said julian no wonder there are strange stories about it come on now let's start our run down they set off together each taking a different line whoosh the wind blew in their faces as they flew down the wide slope, gasmaking in delight at their speed. Julian and Annie slid swiftly all the way down the slope, and the first half as the nest. But Dick and George were not so fortunate. They both caught their skies in something and shot into the air, and then down in the soft snow. They lay there breathless, almost dazed with the sudden stoppage. Phew, said Dick at last. What a shock. Is that you, George? Are you all right? I think so, said George. One angle feels a bit funny. No, I think it's all right. Hello, there's Tim. He must have seen us far and come, rushing down to help. It's all right, Tim. We were not hurt. It's all part of the fun. As they lay there, getting their breath, halfway down the first slope, a loud voice shouted in the distance. Hey there, you keep off this slope. Dick sat up straight at once. He saw a tall fellow wading through the snow towards them, coming from the direction of the old towers, looking angry. We, we are only skying, shouted Dick. And we are not doing any harm. Who are you? I am the caretaker, shouted the man, nodding his head towards the old towers. The field towards belongs to the house, so keep off it. Well, come and ask permission of the owners, yelled Dick, standing up, thinking this might be a good way of having a look at the house. You can't, there's no one else here but me, shouted back the man. I am the caretaker, I will tell you. I'll set my dog off you all, if you don't want to say. That's funny, said Dick to George. As the man waded back through the snow, he says he's the only one in the house, and yet we saw someone in the right-handed tower only a few minutes ago. The caretaker wouldn't have had time to go here from the tower, so he isn't the only one in the house. There is something in the tower as well, odd, oh, isn't it? George held Timmy by the collar, and the time the man was speaking, Timmy had growled at the man's angry voice, and George was afraid he might fly at him. Then, if the other dog appeared, there must be a fight. That would be dreadful. Timmy might get bitten again, she and Dick tried their skies to see if they were still properly fixed after their fall, and they went gliding smoothly off again. The others were waiting for them at the top of the hill. Who was that man? What was he shouting about, demanded Julian. Did he actually come from the old Towers? Yes, and a surly fellow he was too, said Dick. He ordered us to keep off that slope said belongs to the old towers and he was the caretaker. And when we, were, we said we would go and ask permission from the owners, he said he was the only one in the house. But we know different. Yes, we do, said Julian, puzzled. Why should it matter to anyone if we sky down at the particular slope? Are they afraid of we might see something in the house? As we did. And why tell a lie and say there was no one else there? Did he sound like a caretaker? Well, he didn't sound Welsh," said George. "And I should have thought that any owners would have chosen some trustworthy from the village. Someone Welsh, wouldn't you? This is all rather mysterious. And if you add it to all the strange noises and things, it's extremely curious," said Dick. In fact, I feel it might be worth inquiring into. No, said Annie. Don't let's spoil our holiday. It's such a short one. Well, I don't see how we can inquire into the matters, said George. I'm certainly not going to that house while the dog is there, and there's no other way of making inquiries, even if they would get anywhere, which I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't. I say, do you know that it's almost one o'clock?" said Annie, pleased to change the subject. Isn't anybody hungry? Yes, I'm revenues, said Julian, but as I thought it was only about half-past eleven. I didn't like to mention it. Let's go in and have dinner. I would be finish up that ham. They went to the hut and there, standing the snow outside it were two quad bottles of milk and a large parcel which Timmy at once went to. Wagging his tail eagerly, he gave a little bark. He says it's meat, so it must be for him, said George with a laugh. Julian tore off the paper and laughed, too. Well, Timmy's right, he said, it's a big piece of cold roast pork. No ham for me then, I will have some of this. Pity. We haven't any apple sauce," said Dick. I love it with pork. Well, if you would like to wait while I make some on the stove with a few of the apples we bought, began Annie. But the others refused at one. No one was going to wait at a minute longer for their meal than they could help, applesauce or not. It was merry meal, and certainly the pork was good. Timmy had a piece and thought that George was very mean not to give him the rest of the joint when they finished with it. ''Oh no, Tim,'' said George. He put an inquiring paw on her knee. ''Certainly not. We are not going to finish up. You shall have the bone then. There's more snow coming,'' said Julian, looking out to the window. ''I say. Who bought the meat and milk here, do you think?" The shepherd, I should imagine, on his way back, said Dick, jolly nice of him. I wonder where the kid Ailey is. I would be scared of her getting caught in the snow and having to sleep on the hills in it. I expect she will look after herself. All right, and her lamp and dog," said Julian. I would like to see her again, but unless she is hungry, I don't expect we be sure. Talk of an angel and hear the rustle of her wings, said Annie. Here she is, and sure enough, there was Ailey looking at the window holding up her lamp for him to keep a beep to. Let's get her and feed her, and ask if she knows who lives in the old tower, said George. She might have someone seen in that right hand towers too, as we did. Right, I will call her in, said Julian, going to the door. She might know something, always scouring round about the countryside. He was right. Ailey did know something that interested everyone very much. Thank you for listening. And the mystery is going very much interesting. You can find out the mysteries from the coming chapters. Till then, this is Shweta signing out. Thank you.